Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church, with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine as in those days. Get ready for this timely teaching and encouraging word. The book of Psalms 133. And I'm going to show you a couple of things out of that verse, out of that chapter very quickly. Psalms 133, what does it say? It says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the hedge of his garments. When you see garment, it represents joy. You know that verse of scripture that says that he has given to you what? For your, for your um, spirit of heaviness, he has given to you a garment of praise. Now, so what are we reading here? The Bible is talking about the fact that there is the anointing flowing from the head through the beard and then saturating the garment. And where does that happen? It happens when we come together in unity. Do you know that in the last month, most of what we've been talking about really has been seeking the Lord, getting close to him and not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves. And so I just want to say to you, every one of us who has been coming to the meetings and everyone that is here today, get ready. There is about to be joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. You see, I sought the Lord and I said, well, I, I know the things that I'm picking up in the spirit. And I said, so what next? And this is what was revealed to me. Joy. Thing number one, joy. Thing number two that I want to announce to you is this. You're about to receive the power to say no. You're about to receive the power to what? To say no. The only caveat is the only people that will say no effectively are the ones who have said yes to the Lord. The power to say no was revealed to me today. As I was getting ready for the meeting earlier this afternoon, the Lord said to me that you need to tell your brothers and sisters that it is time for them to do away with certain things and certain people even. I don't like to say do away with people because I love people. But not every person that you know is a person. There are people that are tears that have been sown among the wheat. And their sole mission is to distract you. Is to sap your energy. Many people sitting here today. I've had dreams lately about dogs. Alan is one of them. Yeah, just dogs. D-O-G, dogs. And one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples was this. He says, do not cast your pearl before swine. He said, because after they've taken that which is precious to you, they will turn around and bite you. So now, let me tell you something. A lot of the dreams that we've been having wherein we have been seeing animals, it is because many of us don't recognize that some of the people that are in the society around us are not necessarily human beings like you and I. They are implants of the enemy and they take on all kinds of characters, all kinds of attributes just to get you to want to be with them. But they're just waiting for the right time to bite you. Now, if you don't know how to say no to some kinds of fellowship and alliances, they will drag you down. And I'm not saying start suspecting everybody that calls you. I'm not saying go through your phone list and delete the people you don't like. Okay? You still have to be led by the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done by sentiment. It has to be done by leading. So now, let me give you an example of, or maybe not an example. The way the Lord showed it to me is this. The five virgins that received the bridegroom survived, not because they said yes to the invitation, but because they said no to the distraction. All 10 of them said yes to the invitation. The invitation to come and meet with the bridegroom. And you know that a couple of months ago, I preached from here that every one of them was a believer. 
Because if you don't believe that the bridegroom is coming, you will not leave your father's house. So all of them believed enough to have kept themselves as virgins for the bridegroom. They believed enough to have left their father's house to say that we're going to meet with the bridegroom. But did they all meet with the bridegroom? There are many people that are in our lives who are believers, but who will not remain till the end. It is just the way it is. Many of them who seem to be believers have not been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say that very slowly because this is where if you don't really understand what God is doing in the last days, your heart is going to be broken again and again. Look at Jesus. How much he loved people. But he came to a time wherein he had to admit that not everybody was his. In John 17, he says, Of the ones the Father has given to me, none shall be lost except for the son of perdition. There are sons of perdition. Sons of destruction. Sons and daughters of deception in our world that we need to say no to. And this is where it gets interesting. I know that God has raised me up to be an example of a believer. So some of the things that started happening to me about a year ago is about to happen to many more people now. Which is some people that I used to listen to on television, on Spotify, on YouTube. I just could not listen to them anymore. I learned by the Holy Spirit to say no to certain voices. And we are all coming to that season now wherein we have to learn how to say no. We need to say no to certain voices because the Bible lets us know that the devil is copying God's strategy for effectiveness in the last days. In the last days, God said, I will send my witnesses into the world. And the witnesses will be sent out in the spirit of Moses and Elijah. We know that based on the description of the power with which they would function. Number one, the Bible says they will have the power to plague their enemies with all manners of plagues. Number two is they would have the power to stop the heavens from, from pouring out rain. And we know the guys who operated in that spirit. And the devil is like, oh, that's how you're going to do it? Okay, I will find my own witnesses too. And the witnesses of Satan are called the false prophets and the false teachers. But the beginning of their ministry, according to Jesus' exposition, was that they will begin their ministry as angels of light. The Bible says Satan will come in the end as an angel of light and so would his messengers. And to that effect, many will be deceived. And so this is the time when we have to recognize that not everyone who has been in this race with us from the beginning will get to the very end with us. Because some of them have been planted by the enemy to be only a distraction. Do you know that the five foolish virgins were there? To actually ensure that the bridegroom has no bride. How did we know that? Look at the mission that they were on. They came with empty vessels. And they asked the five virgins who had oil. They were like, oh, for some reason we have no oil. Can we get some of yours? And then what did they say? They were like, no. Because if we gave to you, it's not going to be enough for us and for you. Let me tell you something. If you pay attention to everything that has been said today, there's not going to be enough for you and them. It's become very critical for us to know. And let me tell you something. The Lord said to me, there is power in this place to say no. So we're going to receive joy. But we're also going to receive that power to say no. There are some friends that are in your life. They want your attention so that they can tell you of all the wars that are out there in the world. And by the time they're done talking to you about all the wars in the world from that perspective, even you are too dejected and too depressed to pray. 
So you need to learn how to say, no, stop it right there. I don't want to hear it. This is what the Lord is saying. Go and buy your own oil. You see, because if we're not careful, careful, the devil will play on our sympathy. I told my brother today while we were speaking, he spoke to me about a man of God in the U.S. that he's always been in fellowship with. He said, that person called me today and said this. And I said to him, shut him off. See, because that is not what the Lord is saying. He said to me, he said, well, there are many people in his following and many people that he is following who believe the same. I said, yes. I said, that's because believers have become the most vulnerable over time because of the fact that we've been raised in our religious settings to be gullible. That's why they call us believers because we believe just about anything. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? We believe just about anything. Anybody can just come and say something in the name of the Lord and you believe it. And the Bible did not recommend that you should just believe just about anything. Test all spirits that you may know that which is of God. Jesus said in the last days many will come in my name. In fact they will tell you that they have seen me in the desert. And they have come to grab you by the hand to take you to the Lord. He says that is how sure some of them will be. He said they will tell you that we've seen him. He's in the backside of the desert. We've seen him. He is in the wilderness. He says before you follow them. Look for their fruits. He says it's because by their fruits we shall know them. If you come to me and you don't have the fruits of joy, of peace, and of insight into what the Lord is doing, then I know that I need to shut you off. It is very easy to know the ones that have no oil. We just read here. Can we read it again? Psalms 133 tells us who we need to say no to. Let me give you an insight here. I already gave it to you, but it was just like we didn't lay the right foundation just yet. But now that we have, let's read 133 of Psalm again. And then it starts to make a different kind of sense. It says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to do well together in unity. He said it is like the oil of the anointing that brings joy. And so the five foolish virgins did not have that oil of the anointing. And the people who don't have the oil of the anointing today, one of the ways by which you recognize them is they do not come to the gathering together of the saints. I'm going to say that again very slowly. You want to preach with me, young man? With food all over your face? That works. Oh yeah. So, here is the deal. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to do well together in unity. We've been talking about Hebrews 10.25 for a while, which says, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves. It is while we gather together that we receive that oil of the anointing. There have been several ways to be anointed in the past, but in the last days, the Bible says, how shall we be lifted up and be immune against the falling away? It is by being together in one accord and in one place. You see, one accord has to also be in one place. Let me, let me just say that again because many people stay at home not having fellowship with the brethren and they say, I'm with you in the spirit. No, I'm not with you because I don't believe in that spirit. You know how people say, though, I'm with you in the spirit. I'm like, okay, but the Bible says you should be with me in the same room. The early church were together in the same place. The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were together in one place and in one accord. It's not just one accord. It has to be in one place as well. And that is the reason why we've been singing this song forever. Find a group of believers that you will associate with. The world is screaming social distancing. The Holy Spirit is speaking, coming together. So if you have not been in the fellowship, in fellowship with other believers, I do not want you to sap my oil because it's not going to be enough for you. All you want me to do is tell you the revelations that came out of the meeting. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because you could have been at that meeting yourself. Oh yeah, so they want me to take the oil that I received when I came together with the brethren to pour into them so that it no longer becomes enough for you, for them, and for myself. Folks, they said to the foolish ones, you go and get your own oil. 
Stop calling me to tell you what the Lord said when we came together. Go and find your own gathering. These things are very basic, very simple, but many people have missed it. And the way the enemy packaged it is such that people feel very justified to isolate themselves in these days so that they can save their bodies from COVID. You save your body from COVID and then you save your soul from joy. And you exempt yourself from the anointing. Let me tell you something. Let us call it what it is. It is an attack, an onslaught of attack from the enemy. I can sanitize my entire body and be six feet away from everybody in the marketplace. But I will not allow myself to miss out on fellowship with the brethren because that is the source of this kind of anointing. So I will say no to everybody who has said no to fellowship because they don't have oil and they want mine. Let me tell you something. Niceness is not a fruit of the spirit. You will never find in the Bible where the Bible says be nice. It says be kind. But not nice. Because it is out of niceness sometimes that some of us are like, well, they asked me very nicely to tell them what happened at the meeting. So I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes of my life trying to tell them everything that happened at the meeting. You are trying to fill a basket with water. You will run out and they will not have any. Don't let them draw you and lure you in. If you cannot bring them out, I guarantee you they will take you in. So that's why you need to let go of the handshake. You know that what I'm saying to you was said to the ones at the beginning and they knew what it meant when the Bible says that there is a time for us to embrace and there is a time for us to refrain from embrace. There are certain people that you need to refrain from because their conversation will corrupt your good manners. One more thing before we leave Psalms 133. Actually, two more things. Because I told you, I'll tell you seven things. I've told you to expect joy because joy is coming. And this is how we contract that joy in the place of fellowship one with another. And if you're watching online and you are on the other side of the world or on the back side of the desert, you don't have to get on the plane to come in here. Invite somebody to come into your own home because it is wherever two or three are gathered in his name. What did I tell you while we were blessing the food? I said today, I want to tell you, I want to begin a series of questions. Maybe I'll get through one or two of them today, which is, what if I told you heaven is not where you think it is? Many of us have always thought about heaven as where God is. True. But God himself said, do you know my place? I believe it's Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 12. Let's read it together. Let's quickly go to Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 12. Let me just quickly show you something that many people have been missing. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 12. If it's not there, we may have to Google it because I know that scripture, but I don't remember exactly where it's at. Um, oh yes, Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 12. That's the one. What does he say? He says, but go now to my place, which is in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first. God says, my place where I'm at. Is where I have put my name. Heaven is where God is. And God is where his name is. And so whenever we gather together in his name. We allow ourselves to be elevated from the earth. Into heaven. His presence where there is fullness of joy. Do you see the method by which God has ensured that your head should never lack oil? Isn't it simple what God has done? Isn't it clear? That the reason why he's asked us to come together and have fellowship just like this one in person is because he wants a particular measure of his presence to be distilled amongst us. And that distillation of the presence of God is what translates into the anointing. And that anointing is what will keep you from falling. So that is the reason why, my friend, you need to find somebody else. Just two or three of you is enough. Break bread together. Have communion together, just as we are about to do in a minute. And encourage one another. Even if you have not read too many scriptures, the Bible says encourage each other in hymns and spiritual songs. Turn on YouTube and worship together. 
Because that is the way God has chosen to prepare his people. So we have to expect the joy, say no to the people who are not doing what God has commanded because they want to take your oil. And thing number three is what I just said. That this is the time for us to be very intentional and possibly even aggressive about creating the presence of God around us everywhere we go. Find somebody. It's good for what we're doing here on Tuesdays. It's amazing what we're doing on Sundays. I mean, look at what happened Sunday last week. The presence of God in here was so strong, you could take a slice of it with a knife. You see what I mean? Now, it's great, but then twice a week, I'm sure Will is not happy to hear this, but let me say we're not about to start another meeting, okay? Because we were doing once a week meeting on Sundays and the Lord said to me, it's not enough. So I said, we have to go back and bring Tuesdays again. But now the Lord is saying, well, well done, but you need to do more. You need to ensure that this is daily practice. For those of you who have somebody living in the house with you, make sure that you make it daily practice. Let me tell you one thing that happened to me today. I didn't even know why, but I obeyed and now I know why. The Lord said to me, he said, because somebody here needs to know that they should do stuff like that often. And I was in my, in my room, I was singing one of those songs that we used to sing way back when. And the Lord took me to those meetings. I remember these meetings were around 1987, 88. We used to call them end time meetings. Revival awaiting meetings. And when the Lord took me back to those meetings, what I saw was that what we were praying for in those meetings was a revival of the experience of the early church. Wherein meetings were breaking out in homes and on the side of the road, meetings were breaking out everywhere. And the Lord said to me, that's what I'm doing now. I had the privilege of praying for this revival. And that is the reason why I'm glad to be a player in this revival. And then the Lord said to me, now, sing one of those songs, but not alone. Because I was in that meeting and I heard one of those songs that we used to sing. And I told, my, I, I told myself, man, if the Lord is saying, not sing it alone, what do I do? He said to me, he said, call your brother. And as soon as I called him and he picked the phone, he was about to start talking, but I just started singing and he sang along with me. And it was such a glorious experience. So I tell you folks, even if what you can do at any point in time is lay a hold of somebody over the phone, be in fellowship. You see, because for some of us, it is by getting ourselves activated, doing stuff like that, that we would end up finding the courage and the strategy to be in a physical meeting. But let everything you do point you to fellowship. There is no other way around it. I'm going to combine number four and five of the things that I want to say. Let's quickly go back to Isaiah, I mean, uh, Psalms chapter 133. Psalms 133. Let's see one of the other things that the foolish virgins missed. That is written here. Maybe I should just leave it open. Let's read 133 verse, where is it again? Yeah, verse 3, what does it say? He said, it is, it is like the dew of Hermon. He said, it is like the dew of Hermon. Can you? Let's talk about what a dew is. You know, sometimes it can rain once. And then you have water for days. Because it rains so heavy. It floods everywhere. And you have water for days. But there's never been a time that there is dew from heaven on Monday. And it stays around till Tuesday. Dew from heaven has to be daily. If, it, if there's dew from heaven one day and there's no dew the next day, then there is no dew. So what God is saying is... That fellowship with one another, being together in one accord and in fellowship should be a daily thing because it's not like rain that lingers. It's not like flood that remains. It is only daily. Perhaps the foolish virgins had oil in their lamps on Thursday, but they didn't put any oil on Friday. So by Saturday night, when they were going to meet the bridegroom, they had run out of oil because oil would not just sit there forever. Because the Bible says that it is like the dew of, of Hermon. When it is dew, it has to be daily. Do you know that the apostles knew this secret? 
that I am sharing with you today. And that is the reason why the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, it says they continue daily in the doctrine of the apostles, breaking bread from house to house, eating their meals peaceably and encouraging one another in singing. These guys did it every single day. And what did they experience? The power of the Holy Spirit and the the greatest revival up until now. And if this revival is going to be greater than the one that they had, then we're not going to expect it for it to just fall upon our laps accidentally. We have to be intentional. Remember 2018, when the Lord called us and we started Communion House, he said to us, if you do what they did, you'll be able to do what they did. So if we would meet and be in fellowship every day and treat fellowship as the do of Hammond, which has to be a daily occurrence, We will be able to heal the sick and raise the dead. We will be able to rejoice in the face of of opposition and persecution like they did. We can no longer treat fellowship with one another as a Sunday, Sunday medicine. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest tricks the devil ever pulled on the church is to convince us that Sunday is enough. I am one of the most thankful people for 2020. COVID-19 simply because COVID-19 came and I say this to you just in case you've never heard it before you can come and debate me later but I'm going to say it now it came by the hand of the Lord can I prove that to you Jesus says when he was telling the parable of the wheat and the tears he said there was a man who had a field and his servants planted wheat just as he commanded And then when they slept, the enemy came and planted tears. And in the morning when they woke up, they were so embarrassed that that happened while they were asleep. And so they told the owner of the field, they were like, Master, you don't have to worry. We'll fix this. We will go and uproot all of the tears that have been planted. And Jesus says, the master said to them, no, 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 no. This is too sophisticated for you. He says, my heavenly father will send angels His angels into the field to separate the tears from the wheat. The occurrences of 2020 were nothing but the work of the angels of the Lord. Making sure that the wheat are separated from the tears. Do you remember how in 2019 we all thought that we were believers? I know people that I used to, you know, have fellowship with and I thought they were believers. I thought they loved the Lord. I thought they actually believed in the name of the Lord. But then COVID came and then I realized that they didn't. That they were not believers. Because there's no way you can have faith and fear at the same time. The moment we turn on the bulb in this place, we could no longer have darkness and light. At the same time, darkness had to go because light is here. And so, if you, after the wind of COVID blew, were found with fear, then that means you had no faith. Does it make sense? You cannot have the two. And so, here is the deal. If not for COVID, we would have continued to associate with certain people. And let me even say this. Some people at the beginning, when they realized that all was left in them was fear, they woke up and were like, God, I'm sorry. We need to go for faith. The Bible says, if your strength fails in the day of adversity, then it is, it is indeed weak. Why don't you seek the Lord of glory that his light may shine upon you? The angels of the Lord are at work. When God introduced his angels that will function in the last days. Now, I'm going to say this because some people don't know, but I'll say it. We, how many four horsemen? I said, how many four? How many horsemen? When you get too excited. I'm so sorry, man. I get really excited about these things. How many horsemen do we have? Four. Four men of the apocalypse. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. How many angels did God assign to wrap up the program? Of the earth. You think it's a coincidence? It isn't. 
Where did these horses come from? The Bible was talking about the bowls and the seals that were being obtained from the presence of God. And some of them contained the four horsemen. You think they came from hell? These are the angels of the Lord. You see, what, one of the things that we have been taught while growing up is that if it is scary, it is of the devil. Uh. <laughs> we have been taught that if it is scary, it is of the devil. Whereas, if it is scary, you should ask yourself, why am I scared? I remember the first birthday party that we had for Joshua in the United States. We took him to Chuck E. Cheese. And I think that was the last time he ever went to Chuck E. Cheese. We went to Chuck E. Cheese. It was his birthday. He walked in there. He could smell the good food. He was really excited. He saw other kids playing. And suddenly some of the mascots, so I mean clowns that we had arranged to come and entertain him, when they showed up in their costumes, he was too afraid to enjoy the party. We were excited because he was there to entertain him, but he was afraid. So the same thing that we paid for, for his amusement, became his dilemma. And that is exactly what is happening today. The same thing that God paid for, for your redemption. If it makes you afraid, you are not growing in the things of God. Let me show you, in case you don't believe me just yet, that the four horsemen came from God. And they are also the four angels that are standing at the corners of the world. The Bible says that these angels are holding the winds of destruction. And they would only release it the moment God says it is okay. God sent another team to go put a seal on the saints. And this is the reason why I tell people, I don't believe in pre-trip rapture myself and ryan were talking about it because you will not find it in the bible the people who started saying that oh we will not be here in the tribulation because god loves us so much he's not gonna scare us with those monsters from Chuck E. cheese he's gonna rapture us before tribulation begins i'm like okay what book of the bible are you quoting are you quoting the book of judas iscariot because judas was the guy who escaped before the tribulation came he killed himself but in reality where is it in your bible if the first exodus or all of the exoduses that happened. The people of God were here. They experienced it. But they were protected from it. God did not take Noah and his children to heaven. And bring them back after the flood. They were here in the time of the flood. They just happened to have been on the ark. When the children of Israel were in Goshen and all the plagues were happening in Egypt, all around them, they were there, but the seal was upon them. When the angel of death came at the instruction of the Almighty God, were they, they were still here. God did not quickly take them to heaven because it's like, man, that angel of death is so deadly. I don't know what he's going to do. Let me go hide my children in heaven. No, he kept them here just as they just need a seal. This angel of death is, is, is from me. It is smart enough to know exactly what to avoid and what to hit. So he put a seal upon them. So why should we now think that our case is going to be different? In fact, the Bible says in Revelations that God said, wait a minute, where are those four angels? They said, here we are. So I was like, don't release destruction until these other ones come to tell me that there's been a seal upon the elect. And so we're still going to be here. And can I even tell you what's going on, folks? Do you know what time it is? Right now. We are already in the tribulation. You see, when we were growing up, everybody around us was so earthly minded, including our Sunday school teachers. And they told us that the time of tribulation would be a time of physical torment, wherein people would be tortured with hot iron to see if they would deny the Lord Jesus. And we believed it. Only that as we learned how to read, we read and we couldn't find that in the Bible. I'm like, well, what, what about all the physical pain that these people were talking about? That is not the tribulation. The devil doesn't care about your body. In case you don't know, the devil has a better body than you. The Bible says that Satan was made from precious stones. You are made from clay. Why does he want your body? But he wants the soul. Because again, what if I told you that heaven is not what you think it is? Heaven is in your heart. 
And the reason why the devil is after your soul was because when he got kicked out of heaven, the Bible says his place was no more. And God then put a little bit of heaven in every one of us believers. And the devil is desperately trying to have because that is the only thing he's missing. Heaven. And so the great tribulation is the tribulation of the heart. And that is the reason why many people today more than ever before are troubled in their hearts. And that is why we call it a great tribulation. The great tribulation is supposed to happen at the same time as the great apostasy. Wherein people no longer believe. The level of anxiety in our world today, the level of, let me even tell you, do you know how tormented many believers are today because the people that they have always followed as prophets prophesied about the election and it didn't happen? And many of them are too frustrated now to call upon the name of God again because they're like, man, this thing has completely collapsed. Let's just admit that Satan is reigning. But the Bible says that it is God that rules over the affairs of men. It is either you believe it or you don't. Let me tell you something. If the devil comes out with a huge sword and starts chopping off the head of believers, that is not tribulation. Because Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. If to physically die is gain, who then said it was tribulation? To be afflicted physically. The real tribulation is when the devil can keep you alive and allow for you to drink fresh milk and eat fresh eggs. But then fear is reigning in your heart. Because the one who reigns in your heart determines which kingdom you are in. If fear is reigning in your heart, you are already in hell. And you are already in the kingdom of Satan. Because kingdom just means the domain of a king. The king is the one who reigns. But we have been so confused. So lied to. So manipulated by this beast called the serpent that was given power to deceive the nations. Now the tribulation is going on and we don't even know. The reason why many of us don't give thanks to God is because we don't know that we're already in the tribulation and we're at peace. But when you think about how much peace you have in the midst of the chaos. You hear in the news that many more people have died from anxiety and suicide than have actually died from COVID. And you're still here giving thanks to God. Are you not enjoying that seal of protection? Yes. Very good. Praise God. For that seal of protection. Now I'm going I'm to say this one more thing. From, my, from Psalms 133. And then we're going to move from there. But did you see what we just read in Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 12? Where the Lord puts his name. And that is the reason why we cannot forsake the gathering together of ourselves. And now this last thing that I want to bring out. Hopefully. There might be one more. But let's see if we can just keep it to the last thing. Now see what it says. It says descending upon the mountains of Zion. I'm reading from Psalms 133 verse 3. He said it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. Where is Zion? Zion is your heart. I, I taught here about three or four months ago. Go back and read the Old Testament. Every time you see Zion mentioned, Zion refers to the heart of man. Because God inhabits Zion. Right? And where is God today? He's in your heart. And so the Bible lets us know that it descends upon the mountains of Zion. Let me tell you something, folks. The number four and number five thing that I'm going to say today, and I'll save the other two for later, or pray that you will find it on your own because of time, is this. Let's even start from the beginning. Let's see if we remember all of them. What's the number one thing? Joy, what's the number two thing? The power to say no. Wow, we all are good students here tonight. Oh, come on. Now, what's the number three thing? The... <laughs> The number three is very easy. The way you remember is Psalms 133 verse 3. The number three thing begins with the two of Haman. And it has to be daily. The number three thing is we need to ensure that we are in daily fellowship with the believers. And number four thing. I told you I was going to say number four and number five together. The number four announcement that I'm making to you is that the tribulation has begun. And number five thing is that the seal 
is not on the street. The seal is not on the grocery store. Even the seal is not on your little bitty investment that you have made. Yeah, that's where it bothers people. They're like, oh my God. Are you saying that this seal is not going to protect my stock that's in the stock market? Are you saying that God's not going to protect me from rubbing hood? But let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, because I know many people have been worried about the stock market lately. And I don't even know why. I've been saying it for two years. I've been saying it. In fact, I've been saying it since 2015. That these things are bound to crumble. They have to. They will crumble. You see, so I don't even know why people are fretting right now. Fret now. The real protection is not on your material possession. The real protection is on the what? Mountains of Zion. The real protection is your heart. God is guaranteeing that no matter how bad it gets in the world, no matter how fierce the enemy gets, your righteousness is not going to be threatened. Your peace is not going to be lost. And your joy will be on the increase. Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in meat, it's not in drink, but it is in righteousness, peace, and joy. But everything else in the world has taught us to always go for the meat and the drink. You go to school, they tell you to choose a job that is well-paying so that you can put food on the table. Everything around you is telling you about the meat and the drink. And that is the reason why the devil is able to torment believers with material things. Because that's where they put their treasure in. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The treasure of every believer should be in the mountains of Zion. Because God's seal of protection is upon your heart. Why is this important? This is important because of the fact that today I sought the Lord because I didn't like how I was feeling and what I was feeling. And the Lord said to me that we have been, and he's been saying it to me for like two days, but it's not what I wanted to hear. So I've kind of like been just passing by. You know how it is in the workplace where they put something on the notice board in the break room, but every time you go there because you don't like it, you look away. And the Lord's been letting, say that again. I'm the only one who does that. Okay, I used to, I'm, I, I avoid the things I don't like to see. But here is the deal. Many people are like that in the spirit though because God be telling you this but you don't want to hear it. And so here is what I've been picking up in the spirit. You know the Bible says that there will be a time of peace and suddenly the end will come. Let me tell you something. Things have been kind of calm in the world in the last couple of days. But then, it's not going to continue like this. Something is about to burst open. And so because I've been picking up on that, I've not been too excited about it. But then the Lord reminded me today that what's really important, is it the economy? I said, no. Is it the conveniences that you're used to? Have been able to get on the plane and just go to where you want to go? I said, no. What is important? The righteousness, the peace, and the joy. So today I'm here today on heaven's assignment to remind you to focus on the things that are important. Because if you don't, the enemy will use the non-essentials to rob you of the things that are of value. You see, when the enemy throws stones at you, he expects you to throw your gold treasure at him. Yeah. So what do you do when the enemy throws his fiery dart? Just let your faith douse the flame. Just ignore these things. Don't pay attention to these things. Separate yourself from these things. Because if you don't, they will continue to pull on your heart. Be ready to see and watch the world go away. I'm going to say that again. Be ready to see the world go away. I'm going to tell you three or four things that many of us should be ready to go away. Some of the people that we have always thought were on our side, we should be ready to let them go because they're not on our side. It affects us politically and in business. You know, I've been saying it forever that people aren't what they seem to be. Can I give you an example? And some of some people may not be happy with this example, particularly online, but you know, again, I don't care. Many people have always thought that certain business or certain entities in the business world are for them. Who told you? 
We know of an example lately that I just mentioned their name. For those who know, you know, in the stock market, people have always thought, in fact, I'm going to mention it because, again, I don't care. Robin Hood, people have always felt like, oh, Robin Hood represents the guy who steals from the wealthy and gives to the poor. So a lot of people who are not big-time investors in the stock market have always done so using Robin Hood platform. And right now, many people have been denied not just the privilege of investing, but also the privilege of recouping what they have invested. So people are beginning to say, Oh, but they're supposed to be. Why are they doing that? Why would they not do it? The only person that is for you is the Lord. The only person that is for you is the Lord. And the only thing that is guaranteeing to protect are the mountains of Zion, the mountains of your heart, the righteousness, peace, and joy. Not the mountains of your wealth and your in the, of money in the bank. Those things that are material are not necessarily of significance to heaven because God is fixing to destroy everything. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. And so if those things are going to be passing away anyway, why do you think God will be investing in them? He's already invested in you to keep your peace and your joy. Begin to sever ties with materialism. Begin to break ties with materialism, with those things. Begin to let them go. Let me tell you something, when COVID-19 hit and the lockdown was on and people were complaining, we were rejoicing because we weren't as bothered. Number one, we never watched any sports. So when they said there was no more sports to watch, uh, okay. You see what I mean? My wife and I, we never go to the movies. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to the movies, but maybe I am. But we never used to go to the movies. And so when they said you couldn't go to the movies, we're like, okay. We never used to go in the first place. You see what I mean? And so a lot of the things that the enemy is taking away from people that is making them feel like their world has completely bottomed out are things that should never have even bothered you in the first place. So do you see how there can be tribulation in the world and jubilation on the inside? Simply because the things that the enemy is using to trouble people should never bother you in the first place. I want to read us a verse of scripture and then we're going to close out for today. Come with me to the book of Matthew chapter, uh, let me see, Matthew 14 verse 28. Matthew 14, 28 and we're going to break bread. Um, anybody who gets there, why don't you read it out to, to us? Matthew 14, 28. I'll use that to quickly bring some water. Yes, Jesus was walking on the water. And Peter, when he saw Jesus walking on the water, he says, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. Let me quickly say this, folks. I said this already, but now you have a verse of scripture to back up what I said earlier on. I said that the wind that is blowing and the angels that are bringing about judgment on the earth, they are from the Lord. And that is the reason why they keep coming in fours. The four horsemen. The four angels holding the wings. Even in Acts chapter 4. We see another four groups of people that the Bible mentions. Let's quickly read that and we'll come back to Matthew chapter 14 verse 28. And I'm not, I haven't forgotten the, the seven people that I want to pray for. Acts chapter 4. We see, if I, let's read from verse 22. Here is what it says. Acts chapter 4. The Bible says, for the man was over 40 years old when the miracle of healing happened to him. Again, the number four. Now, verse 23 says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the things that the chief priest and elders had said to them. So when they heard that they raised, when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Again, the four realms of operation were mentioned here. So I want you to pay attention to the number four. The number four just keeps occurring all over Acts chapter four. And this is what it says in verse 25. It says, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For this is what it says. It says in verse 27, one of my favorite scriptures for the end times. It says, for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, 
whom you have anointed. Now, let me just quickly establish something here. Do you know that at the beginning I said that for you to say no effectively to the ones that the enemy has sent to sap your joy, you must have said yes effectively to the Lord. Okay? Do you remember that verse of scripture that says, when your obedience is made complete, you will resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you have not been obeying the things that the Lord has said, for example, and in particular, to not forsake the gathering together of the saints, if you have not obeyed and are not obeying, you have no power to say no to fear and anxiety. So the reason why it is important for us to obey, and God is not asking us to do things that are too complex. He's only asking us to do but a few things, to be together in one accord and in one place, and to experience daily fellowship because it is like the dew of Hermon. A dew is the vapor that comes from heaven. It doesn't last all day. It is just for that day. It doesn't last till the next day. Another one needs to come. So fellowship and being with other believers and gathering in his name has to be a daily occurrence in your life. Until then, would you have the power to say no to the things that the enemy is throwing out? Satan is throwing out a lot of deception. Many believers are deceived to the point wherein they have exalted another one as their Messiah. And that is the only reason why the ministry or the, or the government of the Antichrist is even going to flourish in the first place because people no longer know who their Savior is. Because if you know who your Savior is, you will not go and serve in another, in another Savior's court. But here is the deal. The reason why I stress that again is because the first time or the first couple of times that I read Acts chapter 4 verse 27, I struggled with the fact that God, by the Holy Spirit, inspiring the author, which is, I believe, Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, to call Jesus a servant. I'm like, Jesus is the servant of God. Jesus is the only begotten son of God. Even those of us who were once servants, Jesus elevated us before he went to the cross. He says, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. So why is the Bible now calling Jesus the servant of the Lord? And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, because one thing that is expected of a servant is obedience. He says, this represents the followers of Christ who will be obedient. Those of us who obey what the word of God says are the ones that have been spoken about here. The ones who have said, yes, Lord. As a servant will say, yes, master. They are the ones that would receive the power to say no to the enemy in these last days. And so the Bible says, your servant, your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod. Again, like I said, I don't mean to overlabor you. With the relationship between obedience, fellowship, and the anointing. They said, the holy servant whom you anointed. We talked about the anointing earlier on. And these people who are speaking, the Bible says, while they were saying this, they were together in one place. Anyway, it says, both Herod, that's party number one, and Pontius Pilate, party number two. With the Gentiles, party number three, and the people of Israel, party number four, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Every one of these four people can be likened to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Peter here was prophesying about the last days. Most people, let me just give you an insight, okay? For those of you who are avid students of the New Testament. Most times in the New Testament, when you find anybody quoting David, Isaiah, or Enoch, they are prophesying about the end times. So this guy just quoted David. And after he quoted David, he started to speak. And what he was saying was what? He was talking about... Now, let me, let me tell you in case you don't know why. The two relate to one another. Let's get deep a little bit here. In Daniel chapter 11 verse 31. One of the things that the Bible says we need to look out for in the last days. Is that the enemy, your adversary. The Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty-one, Will gather forces together to take away the daily sacrifice. And I have thought about here. I've taken my time about an hour or two to explain what it means to take away the daily sacrifice. What is the daily sacrifice? The daily sacrifice is the sacrifice of praise. But the Bible says that when the Lord Jesus comes and sets foot upon the Mount of Camel, all other sacrifices will be done away with, even the sacrifice for sin, because now the Lord Redeemer is amongst his kinsmen. 
All of the sacrifices will be taken away but the sacrifice of praise. And so, whenever you see David being mentioned, the one whose life was dedicated to praise, his life was essentially dedicated to prophesying about the end times. And that is the reason why the apostles, whenever they are quoting David, whatever follows, just know that he's talking about you, the generation upon whom the end of the ages have come. I told you we're going to go deep a little bit, but by the time you get into it yourself, you will appreciate it. And so here, this scripture is talking about us. And that is the reason why you need to look beyond the names that are mentioned to what they represent in the world today. The Bible says these four horsemen, these four people, Herod represents kings. Who are the kings today upon the earth? Corporations. Corporations are the kings. Pontius Pilate today represents elected officials, government officials. Because Pontius Pilate was a government officials, uh, official. The Gentiles, the, ref, the reference to Gentiles here specifically talks about people of immorality. And when you look at the world today, social media, entertainment, and every one of those things is pumping and pushing the agenda of immorality. Those are the Gentiles. And lastly, it says the children of Israel. This is the part that most Bible scholars struggle with. They're like, this can't be the horsemen of the apocalypse. This can't be the angels of destruction because the people of Israel are mentioned. The people that are mentioned here are the ones Jesus was talking about. He says they will call themselves Jews. He said, but they are not Jews. They are of the synagogue of Satan. This represents men of the occult. This world has essentially been taken over by men of the occult acting on behalf of Satan. Trying to get us to bow to the Antichrist. Every one of these people are in operation. Do you need to be afraid? No. Because they have come to bring about the separation of the tears from the wheat. They have come for your sake. The Bible says it here in verse 28 that they have all come to do whatever the hand of God has determined beforehand to be done. But the only way you will stay on the water without sinking into the chaos is in Matthew chapter 14 verse 28. Jesus was there walking on the water. But as he was walking on the water, the four angels released the wind. The Bible says that the wind became boisterous. In every direction there was wind. Jesus walking on the water represents the second coming. Like I've been telling you, prophetically the Lord revealed to me that even though the Bible says that when Jesus comes, we will see his appearing, the Bible did not say we will see his arrival. And so when he arrives, he arrives in the midst of the chaos. And he is walking on the water. And you are the believer that is part of the church that is on the boat. And the boat has been rocked just like the body of Christ has been rocked today. And rather than looking by being sober and being vigilant to see that the Lord is the one at work. Many of the disciples were on the boat and were peeing on themselves. The Bible says that they were terrified to the point where they could not even open their eyes. They were so fearful. But Peter opened his eyes and he was like, okay, let me see whether what I'm thinking is what's really happening. He says, Lord, is that you? Let me tell you something. If you don't know that what is going on in the world today is by the hand of the Lord, you will be afraid like the other disciples. The first step is to recognize that God is the one doing these things so that the ones who don't have substance in them can be shaken off and the ones who have the substance of faith can remain. The remnant. The remnant needs to remain. And as soon as Peter said, Lord, if it is you, Lead me to come. Jesus says, yeah, it is I. You can give it a go. And Peter stepped out of the boat. And he took a couple of steps. And the Bible says he saw the wind. What saved him from sinking? Did he stop seeing the wind? No, Jesus reached out and held his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to put it to you today that the only way you and I will not sink in the times that we're in is if we are close to him. Because if you're not close to him, to the point wherein he can hold your hand, you may be going down. 
And one of the ways by which he has established to us to be close to him is to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit in our closet and to also make sure that we're fighting alongside with people who believe what we believe. Remember a couple of weeks ago in here, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, tell them to hold somebody's hand. Remember? And tell them what? You will make it. And after we said that, the Lord, the Lord said to me, he said, let them know that the only way they're going to make it is by fighting alongside with those who are believers. So the Lord is the one stirring the waters. It is not the corporations just because they're evil. Every one of them is acting as the Lord has ordained. Whatever they're trying to force the world to do, you don't have to worry about it because there is a seal upon you. But you yourself need to give glory to God that God, you are the one that is at work separating the tears from the wheat, letting us know that the ones who fall away never truly believed in the first place because if their strength is failing down, then that means failing now, then that means what they had initially was just religion, not relationship. And so now, folks, I put it to you in my final submission today. Is are you willing to accept that the Lord is the one stirring the waters? Are you willing to give thanks to God for the times that we're in? Because the ones that do not give God praise like Daniel 11.31 says, are the ones who do not recognize that it is God. Isn't it interesting what follows that expression? Is Daniel, what follows Daniel 11.31 is what? Daniel 11.32. Yeah, yeah, mind blown. Because what does Daniel 11.32 say? It says that they, who, those who do not recognize, they need to continue to praise God who allow themselves to be distracted by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. In fact, one of them is described as wearing a crown. Oh, look, folks, God made it so clear so that you and I cannot miss it. Who was the first horseman that Peter saw? Herod. Of all the four people that he mentioned, how many of them wore crowns? Only Herod, because he was a king, he wore a crown. The first horseman of the apocalypse is the only one that had a crown. Isn't that exciting? You're not getting it. Corona is the beginning of the apocalypse simply because it's called a crown. Let us awake from slumber and begin, <laughs> and begin receiving these things. So here is the deal. Like I was saying to you in my final submission, we need to know that God is the one in charge. And we need to continue to give him praise. Daniel 11.32 says the one who failed to give him praise. That they will be giving up to what? To deception. In fact, I think we need to read it. I know that our time is fast spent. But because of Laura, we will read it. And so because she seemed to be most excited while I was saying it. So that's why I'm saying I would do it for her sake. Now Daniel is... Interestingly, Daniel was a politician. But still... He was not allowed himself to be made corrupt. And that is the reason why you can believe whatever he says about the end times. Now, Daniel 11.31, what does he say? It says that, and forces shall be mustered by him, the enemy, and they will defy the sanctuary fortress, then take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Okay? Y'all need to remind me one day to explain a little bit more about the abomination of desolation. You see, from the things that we see in the natural, we have an understanding of the things that are going on in the realm of the spirit. Correct? When the Capitol building was violated, there were people who were genuinely following due process to say there is freedom of speech in this country. If I'm not happy, I'm going to speak up. But then there were some miserable elements who went in. Together with them, and they perpetrated the abomination of desolation. The first thing that happened was that place was made desolate. Because the ones who sat upon the high places. When you read the desolation according to the prophecy of Daniel. When Daniel was prophesying about the abomination of desolation. On one of those accounts. I think the third time that he mentioned it. He spoke about the fact that it's going to happen upon the high places. The high places were the places where laws were made. Let me prove that to you very quickly. When God wanted to give the law. To Moses, he asked him to come up to the high place. 
And so when you find the place where Lord gave us sit, capital, those things mean high place. That place was first of all made desolate. And then an abominable man came wearing the horns of Baphomet and with inscription upon his body, several names of Baal. You want to look into those things. And it happened on the day of May, on the 6th of January. And he sat upon the place that is supposed to be sacred. Do you know that the place where we make law is a sacred place? And now we are beginning to see those things happen in the natural. And many people are still wondering or thinking that the Lord Jesus is going to come in 50 years. <laughs> Let's hope that we even have 50 months. But that doesn't mean you should cast off restraint and spend all your money. Okay? I'm just saying that because Jesus, the Bible says he told his disciples because he knew what was in their hearts. He said to them as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the son of men, wherein men will continue to build their houses and even marry wives. So whatever you need to do, keep doing it because some people will say, well, if Jesus is coming soon. I don't have to marry. I don't have to have children. I don't have to build a house. I can just keep spending all my money buying food. No, no, no. He says we should occupy. Come on, amen to that. He said occupy till I come. Jesus wants you to do business till the end. Because every input that you make will be greeted with a crown of glory. That is the reason why we persevere to the end. We don't have this escapist mentality where we know Jesus is coming to get us so we do nothing. Because he's coming to get us, we do everything. Lastly, it says here, in verse 32, after the abomination of desolation, he says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and they will do exploits. If you do not recognize that it is God that is at work, you will give in to the deception. The elect that God deceived were the ones who did not recognize that it was the hand of God moving. So what happened was, rather than give praise to God, they are complaining to God. Every exodus comes with a lot of complainers. Every single exodus comes with a lot of what? Complainers. People who would whine because they don't know that it is God that is at work. And so you see those people today, they complain about everything. Oh, why is God letting this happen? Why is God letting that happen? Whereas the rest of us are like, praise the Lord. These things are happening because our salvation, our redemption is near. So here is, here is the deal, folks. I want to challenge you. To undo the works of Satan. Let us rise up to our feet first of all. As we pray and then we're going to break bread. I know that some of our communion items are getting so warm. We've been hugging it. And I want you to say Father I repent. From any grumbling. Or complaining. I was made to praise you. So thank you. For the times that we're in. Thank you for the ministry of your angels that have come to separate unbelief from faith. To separate fear from boldness. To separate the tears from the wheat. My mouth will praise you. In Jesus name. Thank you for tuning in and we pray this podcast has blessed you today. For more information about this church, check out www.communion.house. That's www.communion.house. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Communion House. Hungry for more life-giving content? Head over to Communion House on YouTube for a full catalogue, live and on demand. We're honoured to have your audience. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you and God bless you today.